Less than a month ago, on July 18th of this past year, NBC News released an article titled, More Than 400 Dead in Kenya Doomsday Cult As More Bodies Exhumed. Now, I'm not a huge news listener. I might listen to the news or read the news with my morning coffee. I'm usually devastated by the news, so I shut it off immediately. It's like, here's a picture of a dog, and then it's like, cue to a little child dying somewhere. Yeah, with how dark the news is, you'd think they'd pick up on a story about 400 dead people. <laughs> 400 people. I, I mean, when I first read this, I was like, is this a joke? And you know how I even found out about this? Facebook? I don't know. I feel like there's a Facebook no, thing. No, no, no. I didn't even just stumble across it. I literally Googled cult news. Cult news. Well, I mean, I was just trying to, you know, <laughs> what stay up to date. What? 400 dead in Kenya from a cult? This, this can't be real. You know what I mean? Or like this might be from years and years ago. And it was this past year. And it was a bit of a coincidence because our podcast is popping off in Kenya. You know, so I'm going to be the podcast king of Nairobi by the end of this year. If you're a listener and you've never heard about this doomsday cult, there have been 400 bodies found so far. There might be hundreds more. This could be the worst cult resulting in deaths in history. Well, it could be. They yeah. haven't uncovered them all. Well, think about Jonestown. What was it? 918 deaths. I know. This is 400 so far, though, but 600 families reported their family members going missing. I think something striking about this specific cult is that it hasn't been talked about more, at least in the United States, which is where we're from and based out of. And do you think if this happened in like the UK or somewhere else in Europe? Oh, yeah. We would talk about it. People would know about it way more than they probably do now, at least in the United States. Yeah, definitely. But also another thing that shocked me about this is that there are even cults in Kenya alone. I, I don't know if this sounds ignorant, but maybe I'm just mostly familiar with cults in America because we're based in America, but also pop culture, documentaries, movies, and TV shows, I feel like are all about American cults. Yeah, I feel like it's fashionable to have an American cult in the Southwest. Also, Americans have so many issues that I just associated. Oh, of course, people in America just want to. Americans just, are just easily <laughs> convinced of things, unfortunately. But also like only an American would lead a cult. Yeah, I guess so. Well, no, not <laughs> no, in Kenya. Not, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I thought that having insane cult leaders was just a disturbing American phenomenon where selfish and greedy Americans think they can really live their American dream and like take on 10 wives in Utah and just now we're talking thrive out there, you know, claim that they know Jesus personally. I just thought that was a very American thing to do. <laughs> Starting next week, we will be broadcasting from Utah. <laughs> <laughs> You wish, you know. Anyway, the phenomenon is everywhere. There are narcissists who crave usually one of the three. Sex, money, or power everywhere. And unfortunately, most of these cults end with broken families, illnesses, and death. Regardless of where the cults are, regardless of where the cult leaders are from. But anywho, this is an incredibly sad and disturbing story that should be known, talked about more in the news, to attempt to at least prevent these things from happening again. Yeah, I feel like one of the only, I guess, one of the best ways to, you know, negate people from joining a cult is awareness. People always say, oh, I would never be susceptible to a cult or, you know, 
cults are for weak people that just join. But if you're at a low point in your life, or maybe not even, maybe you're just seeking community or you're just seeking friends. A spiritual enlightenment, friends, whatever you're seeking, they don't just come on like, oh, hey, join this cult and we're eventually going to make you commit suicide. Like, it, it starts slow, you know what I mean? No, they have long-term manipulation tactics. Exactly. And it's quite crafty. It is. That's the, their whole thing. Without further ado, my name is Zinu, and this is Kayla, and we are the Cauldron Convos Podcast. If you are new to this podcast and you like things spooky, you like true crime, you're interested in supernatural paranormal phenomenon, make sure to follow us because we post multiple times a week. We post audio podcasts just for you. We spend hours of time researching these topics just to give you little bite-sized 30-minute or so podcasts for your entertainment. We're fairly new on the audio side of podcasting. We have a YouTube channel where we've been posting for over a year. If you are kind enough to do so, please leave a review. It would help us tremendously. All right, now let's get back to the podcast and let's start at the very beginning of what we know, at least, of what happened in Kenya that started this doomsday cult. Now, a former taxi cab driver named Paul McKenzie... I don't know how to pronounce it. Nathang, N-T-H-E-N-G-E. You Google how to pronounce it. Honestly, I don't really care how to pronounce his name because he sucks. But Paul McKenzie founded and took on the role as a pastor of the Good News International Church, a church in the coastal town of Malindi, which is in southeastern Kenya. And he founded this church in 2003. He told his followers that he has prophetic powers and can see apparitions of Jesus Christ like most cult leaders that we hear about. Since then, he has been constantly quarreling with authorities after allegations that he was asking children to quit school or formal education. But to justify this, he said that he got a revelation to have them quit school. In addition to having his followers' children drop out of school, he instructed his followers to quit their jobs, stop feeding on, quote, worldly food, and to not seek medical treatment in hospitals when sick. Paul's church would meet on Saturdays under a tree from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. for life lessons. Oh, man. All day on Saturday. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? They did quit their job. So I guess honestly, every day Saturday is a great day to do it. You know? Yeah. It's like no laundry to do today, baby. Well, maybe they'll even get the crowd that isn't is still working. It's like a strategy. Mm, it's That's like, what I thought of. Oh, and it's like, oh, you know, this is my day off. And then the other people are like, every day's off in, in this cult. Church. church. The good news church, <laughs> the man. Good news international. I think it's such bad news. And similar to a lot of cults we hear about, the followers were not able to mingle with anyone from the outside world. If they wanted to go to heaven, they were to destroy all documents given by the government, including their national IDs, birth certificates, he allegedly said. I think this, you know, idea of excommunication, I guess, from the outside world and like making this divide of us versus them, us being this small good news international, whatever their name is, church versus the rest of the world is a tactic used by cult leaders to make this divide and make it we're right and they're wrong. Well, it separates you and it divides you, especially from the ones you love and the ones you usually seek advice from. And honestly, think of how making them throw out their identification, their identities, throwing away their identities, essentially. Paul McKenzie's sermons had a lot of these apocalyptic themes in them. 
Again, similar to other cults, they always talk about the end times. This is the end of the world. We're doing something better. We're going to move on like we saw in Heaven's Gate. We're going to Hale-Bop, baby. We're going to Hale-Bop. Whatever they're doing, everyone else is, you know, it's the end for them. But we're, we're moving on to bigger and better things, essentially. And there is a banner on the church's website that read, We are about to win the battle. Let no one turn back. The journey is about to be accomplished. So Paul encouraged his followers to fast specifically offering his followers his farm as a place to do this fasting together as a community. And according to court documents seen by CNN, he told his followers to starve their children first and, quote, become heroes before God after death. Now, the Kenyan police were tipped off that there was an existence of shallow graves containing the bodies of at least 31 of Paul's followers. So, of course, since the Kenyan police were tipped off about this, there comes the raid. Dun, dun, dun. On April 14th, police raided the Shakahola Forest to rescue 15 members of the Good News International Church who were in the process of starving themselves, according to the Kenyan paper The Stanyard. Unfortunately, four died before even reaching the hospital, and the remaining emaciated survivors were taken to the hospital in critical condition. The standard also pointed out that the reasoning behind the members' starvation was in pretext to meet Jesus after being brainwashed by the suspect. And the suspect, as we said before, the leader and pastor Paul McKenzie, was arrested just a day later, a day after this raid on April 15th. Paul McKenzie was arrested amid the investigations of the death of four of his followers that died of starvation, the ones that were taken to the hospital or attempted to be transported to the hospital. Now, on April 23rd, articles were being published that now 21 bodies, including children's bodies, were dug out from the ground in the Shakahola Forest in the coastal town of Malindi. A police source told Agency France Press that 21 bodies were found as of Friday, April 21st, and said more were expected to be found. He specifically said, quote, We have not even scratched the surface, which gives a clear indication that we are likely to get more bodies by the end of this exercise. And unfortunately, they were right, because on April 25th, an article was posted that they exhumed now 73 bodies in total. In this place where the bodies were found, the Shakahola Forest, the leader and pastor Paul McKenzie actually referred to it as a new, quote, holy land, which sounds similar to a lot of cult leaders and how they refer to their, you know, pieces of property or wherever they congregate the church and, and their followers. What gets me is that only McKenzie and his assistant, whose name was Smart Mwakalama, <clears throat> He's not a very smart llama. I thought you just made that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But they were the only ones that were accepting meals as his other followers. Well, they were smart. Their hunger strike. <laughs> yeah. Guess so. Um, and then KBC or Kenya Broadcasting Corporation described McKenzie as a quote cult leader, as they should, in my opinion. KBC laying down the law. I just wasn't sure of how they would describe him just like other countries i don't know if they're different than the united states in their legal system and i think the classification of a cult is pretty international but no no i'm glad i mean i'm glad that they just were like nope cult leader bye but it is interesting because he claimed that he closed the church back in 2019 and that the allegations against him are not true but we actually know he's lying about that because on May 10th, BBC released an article where they point out that they uncovered hundreds of his sermons online. See, this is what happens with the internet. Was he on YouTube? 
uh, he he's i think it's now gone i mean we could probably find oh, some but we could have competed against him no i actually i think they requested for them to take them down but they refused to or not they didn't refuse to they just didn't reply YouTube. i wonder what the seo is on the good news church they, i mean they were it was monetized so youtube was getting oh, some ads off no <laughs> yeah but but anyway some of these sermons were recorded after 2019 so although he's claiming that he closed the church down uh, meanwhile, there's literally evidence of you uploading your sermons post-2019. In addition to that, it's not just like, oh, you know, maybe those sermons are old and someone just uploaded them, whatever. They were literally advertising an event that was in Nairobi in January 2020 that he was going to be out to preach and whatever. Shout out Nairobi. And meanwhile, he's like, oh, I closed that in, back in 2019. Okay, then why are you out here in Nairobi in January 2020 at an event? So anyway, he, contra- he, he caught him with his pants him. down. Yeah, I love totally. it. <laughs> but anyway, so now we're moving on from May to June. And according to CBS News, as of June 13th, 19 new bodies were found, which pushed the death toll past 300. That went up real quick. Yeah, that's actually insane. I know. They just kept digging them up. And no offense to like the Kenyan authorities, but I don't think they're going to have as rock solid of investigation techniques as the United States. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely not as as much intensive. But... So I'm sure they're, you know, yeah, they're not going out there. Maybe they're going out there with dogs. Yeah, they but... actually I saw a documentary about how they have rats that sniff landmines in Africa. <laughs> interesting. It's very interesting. But they were actually afraid that they would be many more because more than 600 people, as I said before, were reported missing by their concerned relatives. And while starvation appeared to be the main cause of death, some of the victims, including children, seemed to be strangled, beaten, or suffocated, according to the chief government pathologist Johansson Odur. But why, though? What? what why? I, I don't know. I mean, Jim Jones, right? I, I don't remember exactly, but I think he was like at the end of the line when he decided that everyone's going to die. Uh, yeah. But this is like, you know, I don't know. What I said before, it's either money, sex, or power, or they're just extremely mentally ill and they literally think that whatever they're saying is true. That's like a hot take. Like everything in the world is run by money, sex, and power. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when it comes down to it. Questions have been raised about how Mackenzie, who actually is a father of seven. So can you imagine seven? how many kids were exhumed in, on his property? Ugh. And meanwhile, he's a father of seven. Now, like, were any of his kids in the cult? Probably. I but... didn't see anything about that. See, the, the, the hard thing is with international news is that there's a lot of like language barriers. I don't really know. It gets lost in, works in translation. Exactly. I don't know how, you know, I, I actually tried loading like a specific, a specific like dot Africa or something website today and it just would not load. Uh oh. Like it was the most recent article I could find on this and it just would not process for some reason. It was bizarre. It was like someone didn't want me to know. Mackenzie was blocking Mackenzie. it. Where's anyway. Mackenzie nowadays? Did you say that yet or no? I didn't say that yet, but oh. I'll say it soon. Okay father of seven he actually managed to evade law enforcement before despite a history of extremism and previous legal cases now another pastor that was accused of links to paul mckenzie the pastor and to the bodies found in the forest was actually released on bail at a court hearing which is 
devastating that, that is. someone associated was just released. Well, different countries have such different laws. It's really scary. I uh, was watching this podcast and it's like, you know, there's this kid that killed a bunch of people in Mexico. He's a Sicario, like a cartel hitman. Mm-hmm. He killed a bunch of people and he, you know, was sentenced to five years in jail. Oh, that's it. That's it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I'm surprised. But I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of Ron Vandersloot. Oh, yeah. How, like, they were just able to jail him without, like... Oh, without any evidence, without evidence. yeah. Originally. That's I why mean, you don't now, commit... Now it's well, like, now, well, now he's in the <laughs> United he's... States, yeah. no? Yeah. Depends on the different country's legal system, I guess. Definitely. Now, a high-profile and wealthy... Televangelist, like Joel Olstein, baby. Yes, Ezekiel Odero, a high-profile and wealthy televangelist, is being investigated on charges, including murder, aiding suicide, abduction radicalization crimes against humanity child cruelty fraud and money laundering oh, bye Ezekiel. bye go to jail okay now the number of people who died in connection with kenya's doomsday cult crossed the 400 mark in july as detectives exhumed 12 more bodies and coast regional commissioner rhoda onyanka on monday said that the number of those who died has risen to 403 with 95 people rescued and as of the last released article that i found on this pastor paul mckenzie is in police custody along with 36 other suspects but all have yet to be charged last month some suspects and people rescued in this cult started a hunger strike in prison and at the rescue center which prompted the prosecutor to take them to court for attempting to kill themselves which I didn't even know you could really do. Take someone to court? I think that? that's a Kenyan thing, probably. Oh, okay. Well, most of them agreed to resume eating, but one suspect did die in custody. A Kenyan court has ordered a psychiatric evaluation of 64 followers of a starvation cult as they continue their hunger strike, CNN reported. Now, some 613 people have so far been reported missing to Kenya Red Cross officers stationed in Malindi Town. Onyanka said 253 of the 403 bodies had undergone DNA matching. Pathologists had earlier said most of the bodies were decomposed. Oh my. Does it say what state of decomposition they were in? No, it doesn't. It doesn't really give specifics. I mean, I'm sure maybe someone could find it. Now, in August, the most recent update that I was able to find on the situation was that Paul and his helpers were leaving the Shanzu Law Courts in Mombasa under tight security on Friday, August 4th, 2023, after the hearing of an application which had been filed by the prosecution demanding they be held in detention for a period of 47 more days as investigations were still going on. And after a three-hour argument between the prosecution and the defense lawyers, the magistrate handling the case said that he will rule on August 10th whether the suspects will be granted bail or they will be in custody for 47 more days to pave way for more investigations. Unfortunately, I was unable to find what the ruling was on August 10th because of this language barrier and this news barrier. Globally, you think that with the technology we have and AI and everything that we would be able to know. Yeah, that's just the unfortunate truth of the world still. Mm-hmm. So now that we're pretty up to date on what is happening with this doomsday cult and with the 
kind of um, outcome will be. What does the government in Kenya think about the situation and how are they handling it? How does uh, the president feel? How does the archdiocese feel, etc.? Anthony Moheria, the Archbishop of Nyeri Catholic Archdiocese in central Kenya, said it was an, quote, act of extremism where the scripture was being used to deceive followers. In a statement, Amazon Kingi, who is the head of the Senate and a former Khalifi governor, asked, quote, How did such a heinous crime, organized and executed over a considerable period of time, escape the radar of our intelligence system? How did evil of such an astounding magnitude take place without being detected? How did this pastor gather so many people, indoctrinate, brainwash, and starve them to death in the name of fasting, and then bury them in a forest without being detected? Just so true. Like, how does that go on? Yeah, I, you know, I, again, I don't think there's a lot of government accountability in every country, including the United States. I know, I was about to but say that. I can't imagine it's any better in Kenya, and that's how these types of things, you know, get away with. And there are atrocities all over the world that just don't get reported on. And I mean, this one is pretty well reported on if you're just looking for the right thing, but it just really shows the incompetence of, of everyone involved. I know. It's really just shocking that such a huge thing is happening in Kenya, yet such little, I guess, talk about it, at least in the United States. Um, But Interior Minister Kuthuri Kandiki termed the incident a, quote, massacre, warning that the cult leaders would be subjected to severe punishments in according with the law. While the state remains respectful of religious freedom, this horrendous blight on our conscience must lead not only to the most severe punishment of the perpetrators of the atrocity on so many innocent souls, but tighter regulation, including self-regulation, of every church, mosque, temple, or synagogue going forward, Kandiki stated. Which, honestly, good Sounds for him. like Kandiki has a point. He really does. You know, we need to regulate these churches and temples and other religious organizations. It's just true. Yeah. I definitely believe in freedom of religion and stuff. Let people do whatever the heck they want. But, like, when you're starting to murder people or starve people or beat people, like, come on. Yeah. There's a line to be drawn here. <laughs> the president of Kenya, William Ruto, stated, Mr. McKenzie pretends and postures as a pastor when, in fact, he is a terrible criminal. He said this when he was delivering a speech at an unrelated public event just outside of Nairobi. He said he had instructed relevant agencies to get to the cause of what happened and to tackle people who want to use religion to advance weird, unacceptable ideology in the Republic of Kenya that is causing unnecessary loss of life. President William Ruto on Monday said the cult leader belongs in prison as, quote, what is being witnessed in Shakahola is akin to terrorism. Other leaders have either visited the scene or issued statements with some raising question on Kenya's state of security, intelligence, gathering, and community policing. Yeah, I agree that that mass murder is something that kind of falls in line with Al-Qaeda or Al-Shabaab, one of those organizations Mm. that are active uh, in in Africa, not necessarily Mm. in Kenya. But, you know, under the guise of a church, it's just so misleading. Exactly. And now with this being said, we just wanted to point out, I know we just briefly mentioned Jonestown earlier, but I just wanted to give some more context on it in case anyone listening doesn't know what happened. 
But in Jonestown, more than 900 men, women, and children died when American preacher and People's Temple leader Jim Jones orchestrated a ritual of mass suicide and murder by ordering followers to drink a cyanide-laced grape drink at their jungle settlement in Guyana in 1978. So this is just kind of a striking similarity, I guess, to the situation in Kenya where they're in a forest and the leader is initiating a mass suicide in some way and a huge amount of people i mean we don't really know how many yet but over 400 so far this is a lot more twisted than what jim jones did i understand jim jones killed a lot of people but starving oh, people yeah. and beating and people. making them starve their children first like yeah that's oh. like you know jim jones poisoned everyone which is sick and disgusting but comparatively you know when you're torturing people uh, I would say that's arguably worse. So in a similar breath, we're going to briefly take a look at a cult in Uganda. Yes, that I did not know happened. Um, I mean, it was kind of a while ago, but still, I thought that I would have heard about I it. I mean, it's still worth a mention here. Yeah. So authorities first believe that more than 500 members of a reclusive sect in southwest Uganda known as the Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God died in a mass suicide in 2000 when their chapel was set alight and then burned alive. But when the bodies of six men were discovered nearby with stab wounds and evidence of strangulation, it changed to a mass murder investigation. More bodies were also discovered in mass graves at other sites. Ultimately, more than 700 people died in the Kanungu cult massacres. It's believed that cult leader Joseph Kubwetri had convinced followers to confess their sins and sell their possessions in preparation for the end of the world on January 1st, 2000. When that didn't happen, followers became disillusioned. Joseph chose a new date for the end of the world, March 17th. Convenient. Oh, yeah. Saint, is that St. Patrick's Day? It is. But anyway, after a party, oh, not St. Patrick's Day party, where followers ate meat and drank Coca-Cola, 530 died in the fire in the church. Authorities later found that the Was windows- Was it corned beef? In... No. Huh? I couldn't think of the name. Authorities later found that the windows and doors had been boarded up to prevent anyone escaping. Oh, man. That's the coward's way out, too. Like, are you kidding? Dude, what is it with these African cults, like, torturing people, burning them alive? Come on, dude. What's their goal here? Like, what's the leader's goal in all this? Like, why do they want them dead? Well, I think the leader's usually probably just as sick as the followers, unfortunately. And they think that they're really doing something, whether it's sending their followers to God uh-huh. or, you know, moving on to the next step in their own lives. Well, it's interesting to see because some cults do that where they want their followers to, you know, end it. But then you, you see love as one, which we covered on our YouTube channel. Yeah, well, that was just weird. That was weird. But she, at least she went down and didn't take anyone down. I mean... Maybe she took them down. I mean, I think she was just mentally ill. I know, but aren't they all? Well, I think you don't have to necessarily be mentally ill to fall for a cult. I think no, there no, are no. a lot I of... I mean, all cult leaders. I would say probably most. If not, they would probably just suffer from like a narcissistic personality oh, disorder. Yeah. But when it comes to, to, you know, I mean, there are so many MLM schemes, these pyramid schemes. They're all cults in a, in a way where people yeah. really think they're doing something. You know, just recruiting it, mm-hmm. recruiting someone, recruiting someone, recruiting someone, you know, and it's so predatory because then you end up with immigrants, people who are uneducated and people who really are down on their luck. And then they end up in these organizations that prey on them. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, an immigrant family friend that has a whole 
kitchen full of Estee Lauder. What? Didn't that happen? Two? A whole kitchen full, <laughs> like boxes of Estee Lauder or something? Why? Because she fell for a pyramid scheme? Oh, I don't know. Leaders of the sect are also suspected of killing hundreds of followers at other sites by poisoning them. Now, what's crazy is that no one has been held accountable of the Uganda Doomsday sect and the massacre of or more than 500 members. And Kibwetari disappeared on the day of the church fire. That was the leader? Yeah. Oh, classic. <laughs> classic. Just disappears. Do they know where he is now? I don't know. You know what? Where are you? He's just like on Facebook living his life. Probably. But anyway, I guess the moral of that is that cults happen everywhere and it's not just a single nation's issue it's across the world and anybody could be affected by a cult anybody can be manipulated i don't think anybody plans and wakes up says oh i'm gonna join a cult today no it's manipulation and it's Mm -hmm. and it's terrible and you know there are proper resources out there to to help you yourself or your friends Mm -hmm. he's still missing i guess he's if he's alive he's 90 oh yeah well. but it, on wikipedia it just says his birthday and then it just says disappeared march 17 2000 like how could you be missing for that long when's his birthday november 16 scorpio uh- <laughs> <laughs> right yeah is that a scorpio well, i think so I don't oh know. man well anyway uh, we hope you got some educational value from this podcast. If you did, make sure to rate it. Please, if you have a moment, drop us a rating. It really helps the show. We are going to be producing multiple audio podcasts every week, as well as a video form podcast here on YouTube, as well as Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, Podbean. I know one of them is Podbean. I've never heard of Podbean, but I thought that was a fun name. I downloaded the Podbean app. <laughs> So if you're out there, follow us on Podbean. I prefer Flick My Bean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways. I prefer Reed Fried Beans. (laughs) That's true. I prefer Barbecue Bean. What are those? Oh, my God. The ones that come in. Honey Baked. No, it's Honey Baked Ham. You're thinking of uh, No. The beans you eat with hot dogs and, and, and you always get sick. So good. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll... Talk to you guys next time here on College of Convos. Bye. Toodaloo.